Hey out there sports fans, welcome to another episode of Sports with BJ. Look, I'm going to jump right into an episode, it's not something I normally do, but I gotta get right to a topic that has been bugging me all day, and that is the overreaction to Tua Tungabailoa and his performance yesterday. Now, I'm not calling out all Miami Dolphins fans here. Um, I have some in my family, so I know they are reasonable, level-headed Miami Dolphins fans. But I'm speaking to the bulk of the Miami Dolphins fans that I've seen online giving me... Well, well, let's back up. The Miami Dolphins, they beat the Los Angeles Rams yesterday. Great win. Not going to take anything away from Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins organization. That was a great win. But after that, there's been reaction on social media, and I'm seeing things like, finally, we have Marino's replacement. I'm seeing things like, the AFC East has been put on alert. I'm seeing things like Tua Tungavailoa has as many wins in one game as Justin Herbert has in six. Now look, I love Tua. I believe in his future. But I don't understand the overreaction that Miami Dolphins fans are having to yesterday's game. And I need some answers because I have questions. Is, is the overreaction because it was against the Rams? A team that in the last three years has appeared in the Super Bowl, has been a perennial NFC contender, Super Bowl favorites. Is, is that why? Is it because Miami fans are desperate for an offensive star? Is that it? Is it because... The Dolphins are above 500. I don't understand why there is so much overreaction to the game that Tua Tungavailoa had yesterday. I don't. But rest assured to all my followers out there, the one thing you can count on is that I'm going to bring it back down to reality. I'm going to put this in perspective. And I'm not going to take anything away from Tua Tungavailoa. I love Tua. I believe in his future. I believe that he can take the Miami Dolphins to a place that they have not seen in some time. But to do that after one game, to the extent that I've been subjected to see... I need some answers. So I'm going to bring some Miami Dolphins fans back to earth. I want to bring this back to reality. And I'm just going to approach this the way that I would normally approach an overreaction. So I'm going to break it down. And I've got three major points. Three major points here. Point one, I want to compare Tua to other notable rookies in the NFL. 
point two, I'm going to talk about what actually won that game for the Miami Dolphins. And number three, I'm going to wrap everything up into a neat little bow and introduce y'all to what Miami is after that game that we saw on Sunday. Okay, so let's go back to point one. I said I would put Tua in comparison to other notable rookies this year. Now, important to note, 13 quarterbacks were drafted in this year's draft. 13. Okay. Of the 13 that were drafted, only four have made a start in an NFL game. Those are Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Tua Tungavailoa, and Ben DiNucci. Ben DiNucci, of course, from the Division II JMU Dukes, national champion, drafted by the Dallas Cowboys very late in the draft, but nevertheless drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm going to put Tua and his first start up against those other three quarterbacks that have made starts this year as rookies. And I'm going to compare their stats. So let's let's recap what Tua did yesterday. Yesterday, Tua Tungavailoa was 12 for 22, less than 50%. 12 for 22 for 93 yards with a TD. Give him credit for that. And a fumble lost. It's important to note that that fumble lost was on his very first drop back. I don't know what pocket he thought that he had, but he stepped up right into the destruction path of a defensive lineman. And I'm going to shout out the number because I don't know the name. Whoever number 90 is for the Los Angeles Rams, you wrecked Tugatunga Bailoa. He was flattened. And in the process of being flattened, he lost a fumble. So Tua was 12 for 22 with 93 and a TD and a fumble lost. Noting that that first Drop back was a lost fumble. Justin Herbert, in his second start, 22 for 33, 331 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. That was against the Kansas City Chiefs. A lot of people say Kansas City has no defense, but to go 22 for 33 for 331 and a touchdown against the reigning Super Bowl champions, it's a pretty good rookie debut. Joe Burrow. In his first start against the San Diego Chargers, went 23 for 36, 193 yards and an interception. And the fourth quarterback drafted as a rookie to make a start this year was this past weekend. Ben DiNucci made his first appearance against the Washington Redskins in relief of Andy Dalton after the, look, I'm a Washington Redskins fan and I gotta say it. An unnecessary hit that put Andy Dalton out. It is what it is. But Ben DiNucci comes in in relief in the Washington game against the Washington Redskins. And he relieves Andy Dalton. Makes his first career start 
this Sunday night, this past Sunday night, against the Philadelphia Eagles, he went 21 for 40 for 180 yards. So what does that tell me? That tells me that of all the rookies who got their first start, two were performed the worst. Now, let's give Tua credit. Tua went up against probably one of the best defenses in the NFL. Statistically, this year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the best defense in football. But I don't think there's a defensive line you want to see less than the Los Angeles Rams. Aaron Donald spearheading that attack. He, of the four that I've mentioned, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Ben DiNucci, and of course, Tua Tungvaluwa, of the matchups that they experienced in their first NFL start, Tua had the tallest order to overcome. I'll give him that credit. But this is not really good company to be in. I mean, 22 for 33 for 331 and a touchdown against Kansas City is the outlier. Justin Herbert, that's a great game. Joe Burrow went 23 for 36 for 193 and an interception against the Chargers, who just lost to the Denver Broncos. Awful. And Ben DiNucci, a third-string quarterback drafted late in the sixth round by the Dallas Cowboys, went 21 for 40 for 180 against the Eagles in the NFC least. I don't even know why we have to talk about that, but I felt like it was relevant to the conversation. This is the company that Tua Tungabailoa is in. It's just the way it works. And of the three, you've got to say that Tua had the worst statistical performance. But let's go to point two. Defense and special teams. Yesterday, in the game against the Rams, the Dolphins, the Dolphins defense and special teams scored 14 of the team's 28 total points. It was almost 21. It was almost 21. The Dolphins as a team scored 28 points. And 14 of them were recorded by the defense and special teams, and it should have been 21. There was a 78-yard fumble recovery for a touchdown. There was an 88-yard punt return for a touchdown. The defense forced four turnovers overall. But one of the two offensive touchdowns that the Dolphins had came after another defensive fumble recovery that was returned to the Rams' one-yard line. So the defense really put that score in the books. So 21 of the 28 points were scored by the defense. Without the defense, Tua Tungavailoa and the Miami Dolphins offense puts up seven points. Seven. The Rams scored 17. Final score of the game was 28-17. But without the defense, the offense of the Miami Dolphins, led by Tua Tungavailoa, only put up seven points. Again, on 12 of 22 passing for 93 yards with a TD and a fumble. 
what about that is something that we need to write home about? Again, I go back to my original questions. Is it because it was the Rams? Is it because the Miami fans are desperate for an offensive star? What about that warrants statements such as, finally, we have Dan Marino's replacement? Oh, the AFC East has been put on alert. Oh, Tua has as many wins in one game as Justin Herbert has in six. Not really. The Miami Dolphins' defense won this game. The Tua-led offense would have lost this game 7-17. to At home. So, I don't feel like the overreaction is justified. But let's go one step further. And let's introduce my third point. The Miami Dolphins offense had 14 drives. 14. One, four. And in those 14 drives, they amassed 14 points, which we've already discussed. Seven of those 14 were really set up by the defense, returning a fumble recovery to the one-yard line of the Los Angeles Rams. You've got four attempts to make a touchdown. Any NFL offense is going to get that. So, seven points out of 14 drives. And Miami, as an offense, put out 145 yards of total offense. Averaging a little more, I think it was 10.3, 10.4 yards per drive. I'm going to come back to the starts. The first rookie starts of Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, and Ben DiNucci. Justin Herbert amassed 331 yards. Joe Burrow amassed 193 yards. Ben DiNucci amassed 180 yards in their first start as a rookie. They outgained individually the entire Miami Dolphins offense in their first rookie start. The entire... (laughs) I can't make this up. Stats never lie, folks. Stats never lie. The Miami Dolphins totaled 145 yards of offense on 14 drives on Sunday, November 1st, 2020, against the Los Angeles Rams. Again, giving credit, the best defense in the NFL, at least from a defensive line standpoint. Top five as an overall unit, but defensive line number one. The Miami Dolphins amassed 145 yards of total offense on 14 drives, averaging about 10.3 yards per drive. Justin Herbert... Joe Burrow, and Ben DiNucci outgained the entire Miami offense in their first start compared to what Miami did yesterday. And I have to sit here and I have to listen, not listen, but I have to read posts like, finally, we have Marino's replacement. 
oh, the AFC East has been put on alert. Tua has as many wins in one game as Justin Herbert has in six. On what grounds do those statements make any sense? It's not real. It's not it's not like he went out there and blew the doors off the NFL. He did no better than what the guy he was benched for would have done. And I would venture to say Miami Dolphins fans would have to agree with me in the statement that Ryan Fitzpatrick probably would have put up more than seven points. Again, I know the final score was 28-17. to 17, But 21 of those points were from the defense. You're telling me that if Ryan Fitzpatrick starts that game, that the Miami Dolphins don't score more than 28 points? That game should have been a blowout. But the performance of Tua Tungavailoa, again, taking nothing from him. I believe in his future, and I think it was a great draft by the Miami Dolphins to get him. But the reaction that we're seeing does not line up with the production we saw. And that's a problem. And, and again... I understand that Miami Dolphins fans are hurting for something positive. Dan Marino was probably one of the last great eras they had. Unfortunately, it never resulted in the Super Bowl. But to backside Dan Marino and call Tua Tungavailoa the replacement to the era of Dan Marino after one game? That doesn't make much sense. Not at all. The stats don't support it. The facts don't support it. And I don't support it. We'll be right back with Sports with BJ. Hey y'all, Brandon here with the Sports with BJ podcast. Man, I got a confession to make to y'all. I love the feeling and the confidence I have after a fresh new haircut. And for the last two years, I've trusted all my hair and beard needs with Benita Love of B-Love Cuts. Y'all want to do a straight razor finish? She can do that. You want to get your whole face shaven, get that nice classic straight razor finish and smoothness? She can do that too. Hard parts, edge-ups, fades. She can do it all. Call her now, 770-906-4230. She does book up fast, so call or text her right away. Tell her Brandon from the Sports or BJ podcast sent you down. She'll give you $5 off of your next service. And don't forget to check out the details tab of the episode here. Get all of her social media so you can follow her and stay in touch. Welcome back to Sports with BJ. We've got a stat correction to make. I, I believe that I said in the opening that Tua Tungvaloa went 12 for 22, and that was less than 50%. Of course, that's wrong. Uh, 12 for 22 would put him just a little bit above 61% completion rating. Um, so I apologize for that incorrect stat there. But we're going to continue on with the show and I'm going to stay in the AFC East. Um, I've got another fan base 
that I have a bone to pick with, and that would be the New England Patriots. Uh, New England Patriots rallied as best they could um, due to an untimely fumble inside the 15-yard line by Cam Newton, trailing 24-21. to um, The New England Patriots lost to the Buffalo Bills. And again, I've been seeing so much depression, so much overreaction from a fan base. And if there's one fan base in the entire NFL I have no sympathy for, and it's not out of hatred, it's not out of jealousy, it's not out of anything that could be related to negativity. I think that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have provided me the opportunity to experience one of the greatest runs in NFL history. So please don't confuse what I'm about to say with anything negative. But this message goes out to all my Patriots fans who are upset right now with the start of the season and the product that the New England Patriots have put on the field. Welcome to the club. I don't want to hear a single complaint out of any New England Patriot fan. Not one. Y'all have been a part of one of the most unprecedented runs in NFL history. Y'all have had the opportunity within the last 20 years to witness seven Super Bowl championships from one quarterback and one coach. Y'all have had the privilege of watching one of the greatest coaches and the greatest quarterbacks of all time provide the city of Boston, the state of Massachusetts, with seven NFL championships. And now, you don't know how to process what you're watching. Now, you don't understand what's going on. Now, you don't understand why the things that are happening are happening. Reach out to a Washington football team fan. Reach out to a Miami Dolphin fan. Reach out to a New York Jet fan. A New York Giant fan. That would be a great conversation to have for y'all, right? The reason y'all don't have nine, (laughs) the New York Giants. Reach out to any one of those fans. Reach out to the Bengals. Reach out to the Browns. Ask them how they feel. Reach out to the Chargers, who got to watch one one of the top 20 quarterbacks of all time in Phillip Rivers, statistically speaking. One of the top 20 quarterbacks of all time. Spend his prime and his career just performing for y'all and never accumulating to a Super Bowl appearance. Talk to some of those fan bases for support. For how to handle the situation that y'all are in. Because I'm not the one to ask for advice. I'm a Washington franchise fan. 
have been my whole life. My dad taught me that you should support your local sports teams. I grew up in Chesapeake, Virginia. So for all of my life, I've been a Virginia Cavalier fan. I've been a Washington Bullets and Wizards fan. I've been a Washington Capitals fan. For a good period of time, I was a Baltimore Orioles fan until they brought back the Washington franchise and became the Nationals again. Now I'm a Nationals fan. So I'm not the one to really confide in when it comes to NFL depression. And if you're out here looking for people to feel sorry for you, or you're looking for someone to relate to you, and you're a New England Patriots fan, good luck. Good luck. Welcome to reality, New England. Welcome to reality of being a fan. It's not always rainbows, butterflies, and sunshine. Sometimes, your team sucks. And sometimes, you have to go into a Sunday and wonder, how bad can it be this week? We've been dealing with it, the rest of us NFL fans. We've been dealing with it for a while at least of the fan bases that I listed. So welcome to the party. We're glad to have you, but we don't feel sorry for you. And we're not going to offer any type of condolences, especially when you come in here flaunting those seven Lombardi trophies. Nope. If there's one piece of advice I could give you, it would be expect the worst. Because at least if you imagine the worst thing that could happen, what actually happens will either prove you right or surprise you. You can't be let down. If you go into a Sunday afternoon expecting your New England Patriots to perform in the worst way possible. They're either going to prove you right, which in and of itself gives you a little bit of satisfaction. I mean, everyone loves to be right. But that's the bottom of the barrel. The, the, the best thing that could happen is anything other than what you're thinking. That would be my suggestion. As a Washington football fan, who had to live through the emotional roller coaster that was Robert Griffin III. I mean, in my lifetime, that I can really, really remember. That was the, that was the best, most exciting time to be a Washington football fan. That's not saying a whole lot. And another thing, I'm actually going to switch subjects here. There's this, we've all seen it, Cleveland Browns, 
some fans have jerseys with a long list of quarterbacks that have started for the franchise underneath of it. I'm right there with you, Cleveland. I've seen so many starting quarterbacks in my lifetime. I I feel you. I do. I mean, Trent Green has started for the Washington football team. Gus Farratt has started for the Washington football team. Mark Brunel has started for the Washington football team. I could go on and on and on. So, Cleveland, I feel you. I do believe that y'all have the quarterback you need. I believe the attitude and the moxie of Baker Mayfield is exactly what the city of Cleveland needs. That's exactly what that football team needs. But when it comes to a long list of quarterbacks that have started for a franchise, Cleveland is the poster child. But I'm here to tell you, Cleveland, here at the Sports with BJ podcast, and I as the host, being a Washington football team franchise fan, I feel you too. I know what it's like to go into a season and not know if the quarterback under center is the franchise quarterback. I know what it's like going into a season and wondering, is the guy that's under center going to be replaced by someone we draft in the first round this year? I get that. Maybe we should talk. Maybe Washington football fans and Cleveland Browns fans are one and the same. Maybe they should start a support group. Cleveland fans for Washington fans. Cleveland, Washington fans anonymous. Washington for Cleveland. I don't know. But I do know I feel your pain, Cleveland. I feel your pain. I do appreciate you tuning in today. I'm going to try that again. I do appreciate you tuning in today. I know this was a little bit of a different podcast, but I just had some thoughts that really struck me that I had to get out. And uh, I feel better. I hope that my analysis, I hope that my opinion of what has transpired with the Miami Dolphin fan base has triggered in me is relatable to you. And I hope that you'll tune in next time with the Sports of BJ podcast. Because we'll be here with another episode. we got a lot coming up. A lot of guests coming for y'all. We have the ACC Big Ten Challenge matchups to preview. We have some UVA journalists that are going to join the show. We have some local musicians that are going to join the show. We have a lot going on. And none of it will be possible without the following and the listening that y'all are doing. So we greatly appreciate it and we look forward to the next time that we can meet. Thanks for tuning in to Sports with BJ. See you next time.